welcome to the 43rd episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly, and today I have three questions about art. Our first question comes from Tara, who lives in California. Over to Tara. Hi, my name is Tara, and I'm six years old. I'm originally from London, but I now live in California. My question is, why do people make art? Thanks, Tara, for your brilliant question. Well, to answer it for you, I have Oliver Jeffers, who is a fantastic artist. He paints, illustrates, makes sculptures and creates books. You probably have lots of Oliver's books at home already. I know I do. His books include The Heart and the Bottle, Here We Are, The Day the Crayons Quit, Stuck, Lost and Found. They're all beautiful books full of Oliver's incredible art, so he's the perfect person to answer Tara's question. Over to Oliver. Thanks, Tara, for your great question. I am Oliver Jeffers, and I tell stories and I make art. To answer your question, why do people make art? I would say simply, well, because we can. Every other species is completely absorbed with survival, whereas humans with our big brains, well, we've managed to evolve in a way where we have some extra time and brain capacity once we've taken care of basic survival needs to put it to other use. We develop consciousness and self-awareness, and we started to ask big questions about why we're here and what we're doing. We also began to notice beauty and how to introduce into our lives beauty to keep away the fear and remind ourselves that there's a reason for our increased heartbeats when we see things that we like. We feel things as people and we need to express these things that we feel as we are social animals. So it's the same reason it's more fun to watch a film or go to a play with a friend than it is to go alone. We like to experience things with other people, part of a community. Arts is often considered pretty low down in importance in school curriculums, unfortunately, but I would argue it's one of the most important things that we as people do. On the one hand, it's how we understand our world by making art about it. It's how we visualize the stories we tell ourselves and each other about how the world makes sense by making art about it. It's how we try to phrase questions about all the things we don't understand but don't really know how to ask the questions yet. We make art about it. We often learn how to read a picture before we learn how to read words because we often feel things that we can't quite put into words when we're looking at art so in a way art reflects society more than many other things are capable of when Churchill was asked if he would cut funding for the arts in favour of the war effort he simply replied then what are we fighting for Kurt Vodigan once said about art that artists are the canary in the coal mines Artists feel things more urgently, more sensitively than other people. So artists will fall, will keel over more quickly than any other people with the impacts of how society is affecting them. But making art is also just the simple pleasure of appreciating and creating beauty and elegance in our lives. I know I, for one, love the idea that something I make connects with countless other people I will likely never meet. I hope that answers your question, Tariff. Thanks so much, Oliver, for your brilliant answer about why we make art. I hope that inspires you all to look around, appreciate the beauty in our world, and create something wonderful in your life this very day or week. Now, this week, we have a competition. Oliver has a new book out in the shops this week called The Fate of Fausto. It's about a man who is so greedy, he wants to own everything on the earth. Oh, no! including a flower, a sheep, a mountain, 
and even the sea, instead of just appreciating the world's beauty and letting it be. To find out what happens, you'll need to read the beautifully illustrated book written and filled with artwork by Oliver. One lucky listener can win a copy of the book. All you need to do is tell me what you think the most beautiful thing on earth is. Just ask an adult to find a smartphone, open the voice recording app on the phone, then record you saying your name, your age, a bit about yourself, and tell me what you think the most beautiful thing on earth is. Email it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. One winner will be chosen next week, and a copy of Oliver's gorgeous book, The Fate of Fausto, will come flying through the post to you and land inside your home. How fun would that be? So get ready, get set, and get recording. What do you think the most beautiful thing on earth is? Send it over. Now for our next question, which is also about art and comes from Arella. Over to you, Arella. Hello, my name is Arella and I'm seven years old. I live in London and I would like to know what is the biggest sculpture and picture in the world? Thanks, Arella, for your lovely question. Well, the biggest painting in the world is 12,086.59 square metres in size and it's a painting of a Buddha, an artist and Zen master who is someone who is a Buddhist and very good at meditation, named Hung Chi Sung, created it in Taipei in May 2018. Then he added gold onto the Buddha's heart in June of this year to show how he wished for people to open their hearts and connect to one another around the world. The Buddha was a man who was born a prince named Siddhartha. But when he grew up, he gave away all his wealth and travelled around seeing how everybody else lived. He became a teacher, a philosopher, and a meditation teacher and started Buddhism. He lived around what is now Nepal in India between the 6th and 4th century BC. Buddha, the word, means someone who is awake, meaning someone who can totally understand life and reality. The artist in Taipei decided to paint the picture of the Buddha by himself to keep alive all the things that the Buddha talked about peace in the world and to encourage an end of fighting and to wish for happiness and peace on earth. The Guinness Book of Records says it's the biggest painting in the world at the moment. Well, the tallest statue in the world is called the Statue of Unity, and it's twice the height of the Statue of Liberty. It's 182 metres tall and is of an Indian leader called Sardar Patel, who was the first deputy prime minister of India. The statue took four years to build and has been photographed from space. Before that, the biggest statue was also a Buddha called the Spring Temple Buddha in China, which is 54 metres smaller than the new tallest statue. The Spring Buddha has a lotus flower-shaped monastery underneath. I hope that answers your question, Arella. If you have a question you would like answered on the podcast, all you have to do is ask an adult to borrow their smartphone or help you record your question. You'll just need to say your name, your age, a bit about yourself, and then ask the question. And then email it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Now, of course, humans love to create art, but so much of our inspiration, as well as the colours we use to make art, come from nature. So now, let's take a peek at a very colourful species in nature, each one a fragile, flying work of art, with a question about butterflies from Lily. Hi. My name is Lily. At school we have learned about butterflies and ladybirds. My question is, why do butterflies have patterns on their wings? Thanks Lily for your great question. Well, 
Butterflies have patterns and colours on their wings for a few reasons. To blend in with their surroundings, to stop themselves being gobbled up, and to attract other butterflies. So sometimes their wing colours and patterns warn other things not to eat them. Just like, as we discussed, ladybirds have spots to show other creatures that they'll taste disgusting. So monarch butterflies are orange and black, which in nature means don't touch. This could be poisonous. Another butterfly called a viceroy has copied the monarch's colours so that they stay safe too. There's a butterfly called the African mocker swallowtail that can pretend to be five different poisonous butterfly species, copying their wing patterns to protect themselves. Another clever way butterflies use their wings to keep safe is they have eye spots on them, things that look like eyes, so that other creatures that want to eat them think they've come face to face with something much bigger with huge eyes and run away. The owl butterfly has owl-like eyes on its wings and blue and orange scales, which they flash at other creatures to buy a few seconds of escape time if they're about to be munched. Other butterflies disguise themselves with leaves, twigs and branches. The Indian leaf butterfly has brown under its wings with little veins in it and looks just like a leaf when it doesn't want to be spotted. Butterflies also use their wings to attract other butterflies. The blue Morpho butterfly has incredible bright blue wings which it shows off when it's time to find a mate. Postman butterflies have red bands over their wings and this helps them find one another. Don't forget that butterflies can see more colours than we can. They can see ultraviolet light and more reddish colours than us. So the patterns on their wings are often even more inventive than we humans are even able to see. The colours on butterflies have taken millions of years to evolve, although some species can quickly change their wing patterns when the world around them changes so they can still blend in and keep safe. As we've talked about on the podcast before about butterflies, butterflies begin life as a caterpillar, then transform into a butterfly inside a chrysalis. Each butterfly chrysalis looks different and some are wonderfully patterned and coloured. The chrysalis of the paper kite butterfly from Asia has a golden sheen. The shine helps hide it from things to want to eat it. A hungry bird probably just thinks it's a drop of water twinkling in the light and leaves it alone. A giant swallowtail butterfly chrysalis looks like a tree twig or a snake hanging from a tree. A monarch butterfly, known for its really long migration each year, has a beautiful chrysalis with gold dots on it to blend in with leaves. Sometimes the food a caterpillar eats, the leaves, flowers and seeds, can help create the colour for the chrysalis. The zebra swallowtail eats lots of leaves from a very green plant and has a leafy green chrysalis. There are around 18,000 species of butterfly in the world, 140,000 moths, and they all came from the same ancestor more than 225 million years ago, but have become such a colourful and beautiful species. I hope that answers your question, Lily. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Oliver Jeffers for talking to us about why we make art. And of course, a big thank you to Tara, Lily and Dorella for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. Remember to send in what you think the most beautiful thing in the world is. To win a copy of Oliver's new book, The Fate of Fausto. 
and send in your questions. There's information about how to do both on the show's website, everythingundersun.co.uk or mollyoldfield.com. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. If you like the show, please do rate, review, subscribe and tell all your friends about it. I hope you have a lovely week making lots of brilliant art, looking at the beautiful world around you and creating beauty. Thank you and goodbye.